Hey, what's up guys, Travis here. And if you've been following me or my story for any length of time, you know that I started a company called Guestio about a year and a half ago now. And one of the things that we are doing this year in 2022 is we're building a concierge program called the Fast Pass that allows you to get booked on top quality shows and platforms for the purpose of spreading awareness for your brand, grabbing attention, uh, growing your credibility, your authority, et cetera, et cetera. And so if you are listening to this right now and you are a seven figure plus entrepreneur and you have a budget to bring in traffic, attention, credibility, authority to your brand, then this might be a really great program for you. Just head over to travischapel.com slash 10K. Why 10K? Because we guarantee in this program that you're going to be able to speak in front of 10,000 people within 90 days. Okay, 10,000 people within 90 days. Imagine getting on a stage in front of 10,000 people to share your message, your story. That's exactly what we are doing inside of this program through virtual stages like podcasts or virtual events or YouTube channels or blogs. You name it, we are working with it, and we are trying to get you booked on those platforms. So travischapel.com slash 10x. There's a quick application there, and then right at the end of that application, it'll prompt you to set up a phone call where you'll jump on a call with me, and we'll talk through whether or not you're a great fit for this program. Please act fast on this. Do not wait because we are only taking on one or two clients a week due to uh, constraints with our team and the limited supply of high quality shows and platforms that are out there in the market. So if that's you and you're really wanting to explode your brand in 2022, head over to travischapel.com slash 10K, fill out the application, schedule a quick phone call, and you and I will chat really soon about whether or not this would be a great fit for you. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. Hey, this is Emil Steenbell from Elevate. And if you want to learn how to elevate your network, you should be listening to Build Your Network podcast with my good friend, Travis Chappell. Welcome back to the show. I believe that who you know is more important than what you know. If you agree, then keep on listening for tips on how to cultivate meaningful connections the right way. If you disagree, then tune in anyway to let me prove you wrong with my journey. My name is Travis Chappell, and this is the Build Your Network Podcast. What's up, everybody? What's going on? Welcome back to another episode of the Build Network Podcast. Today, we are chatting with a buddy of mine, Emil Steenveld. I got an intro from um, a friend, Joel Brown, uh, who is from Australia as well. And uh, this is one of his business partners. They run an event together out in Bali. This past year, they had over 100 people at this event in Bali. Like Throwing an event and getting 100 people there is a, a, an accomplishment in and of itself, but doing it in, a, in another country where most of the attendees are coming from literally the other side of the world, um, that's just incredible. So um, I had to get Emil here on the show to chat about a couple of things with him. Emil has been coaching individuals for close to a decade now on how to break down inherent beliefs and old habits that sabotage growth and profitable results. His strategies and tools in emotional intelligence, self-transformation, mindfulness, timeline therapy, and acceptance and commitment therapy have helped thousands worldwide. Emil has influenced the masses through his momentum programs, Elevate events, fear-to-flow programs, and supported individuals and corporate CEOs on their path to greatness. Just a few of the things that we chat about in this episode, how to throw a live event in another country. That's a big thing. Um, you guys know, obviously, did my destination mastermind retreat in Thailand this past year. And there's a lot of things to learn about that. And they threw Elevate, which was actually right on the tail end of my Thailand trip. So I was very aware that uh, of what was going on. 
And I know how difficult it is to plan some of those things. So we talk about that a little bit. We talk about how crucial it is to overcome your own limiting beliefs. And we talk about why he ended up choosing his career path, which is a very unconventional career path. So we talk a lot about uh, so many different, just an array of things here in this episode, and I can't wait to get into it with you all. But first, if you are someone who loves to connect with people in person, then I am excited to announce that my first live event is going to be happening out here in Las Vegas, November 8th through 10th. It's going to be at Top Golf, not a hotel conference room. It's going to be connection versus content, and uh, it's just going to be all around great time. Amazing speakers that are that are going to be coming in. And uh, most of them are going to be able to stick around and hang out with us the whole time. So uh, it's going to be a little bit different, a little bit more unique of an event. And I am so looking forward to it because I think it's going to be an absolute blast. We're obviously going to learn some things and we're obviously going to improve our lives, our careers, our businesses. But the biggest thing is we're going to leave with relationships, with experiences, with memories and things like that. So if all of that is anything that resonates with you, in the least, then head over to buildyournetworklive.com. Don't hesitate on the on the ticket purchases because uh, Top Golf is a very limited space. That was the only really negative that came along with renting that space. Is if we sold too many tickets, we can't just go back and ask them to make more room because they literally don't have enough room. So we are very limited on space, and it, it, this is not fake scarcity to get you to buy a ticket sooner rather than later. I promise you, this is something where it's like, no, we literally cannot fit any more people into this room once we hit capacity. So. So um, don't hesitate. Head over to buildyournetworklive.com and grab a ticket today. And now here is my chat with Emil Steenveld. Emil, what is up, my man? Thanks so much for joining me for today's show. Thanks for having me, Travis. Yeah, of course. So tell me, let, let's just kind of dive right in here and uh, let's go back and build some context. You do is something that a lot of people would love to do. And so I'm super curious to kind of figure out the journey because I doubt this is something that when you were in seventh grade or being 12 or 13 years old, you probably weren't thinking that this is what you were going to do with the rest of your life. So let's jump back into uh, 12, 13-year-old Emil and uh, talk, talk to me about like you know what you were up to at that time and what you were looking for the rest of your life to be. Yeah. The 12, 13-year-old Emil was thinking he was going to be an NBA basketball player. All right. That's what I like to hear. That's how, that's how a 12, 13 year old Travis was too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was, I was so into my ball. Like that's all I would watch. I would watch tapes. I would, I would study the game. I would practice countless hours outside. I would put pot plants in the front of my house and like do drills. Like I'm doing like shuffle drills from side to side. Right. Like I yeah. was like relentless. I wanted where, to where, where did you grow up? I grew up in Australia, Melbourne, Australia. Is it basketball like not one of the super popular sports in Australia? It's getting there. It's actually getting there. Did you know the other day uh, for the first time Australia beat the I saw that the, the, the USA team, team. Even yeah. even though you guys put the worst team you've ever put, but it's it's huge for Australia. You know? <laughs> yeah, I saw that. I was like, man, that's pretty crazy. I mean, they're they're obviously like it's stacked with the NBA players. You know, the team, the Australian team is, but that like that's. Yeah. That was a huge thing, I'm sure, for for national, you know, recognition as the sport. But it, it's got to yeah. be like in the U.S. I would feel like basketball is like, hey, top three sports. But yeah, in the, in Australia, it's like what Australian football. Yeah, Aussie rules. Yeah, you got Aussie. I think I think it could be the top, like probably the top three getting there. Like I think the Aussie rules footballs, and they got they got soccer, and yeah. then yeah. 
Uh, rugby would be more New Zealand, though, no? Yeah. Well, it is also Australian, but it's not. I mean, in different states in Australia, their rugby's bigger. Got For it. For example, I, I grew up in Melbourne. Rugby wasn't a big thing. Sydney, it was big. Got it. Got it. So, so this was you growing up. You, you, wanted to be, you wanted to be a professional basketball player. I did. And I, I, went to, I went to the States when I was 16 my first trip to the States and it was insane. I was like, everything to do with the States was amazing to me. So I was uh, playing for my a rep team, which okay. you have to try out for. And they, they chose like 16 of us boys. And we traveled around Cincinnati, Ohio for like... What a beautiful part of... 30, <laughs> you know, it's funny now because everybody I tell them like, yo, I've been to Cincinnati, you know? They're like, why? But... Yeah. Uh, even for me back then it, it was my dream so anything to do with like america was like i wanted to be there i wanted to be in it and we played all over the cincinnati we played like i think 23 games in 30 days it was a full-on wow. full-on town that's crazy yeah. that's crazy so playing basketball playing basketball playing basketball at what point did you realize like you know i'm probably never gonna make a career out of this uh, after actually that what I realized with uh, there was quite a lot of politics in that, and some guys got scholarships that I feel shouldn't have been offered scholarships, and I started to see a different side of the game. Yeah, and it really made me lose um, hope in that space. Where before that, I was like, "Yes, everything is possible," and then I was like, "Holy shit, this, this is a different aspect." And right. it really actually started to. It's funny, Travis, because I never really thought about it until you asked me this question. It really didn't occurred to me that I started to see the world a lot different after that, that experience. Hmm. And in what way? In a way where it's, it's not always how good you are or what, or what you're about. It's, it, it is a lot of politics and there's a lot of strings that are pulled, hmm. you know, and it really opened my eyes up to like the fantasy of what you think is possible and who you got to, who you got to be and how you got to show up in life. And right. it, it really, it's like finding out sand is not real, you know? Right. And, and then you're like, Oh, okay. And then my perception shifted and I started looking at basketball a lot differently. And well, I kept on playing, but I didn't have as much enthusiasm as I did before going. And it was just different. You know, when I came back to Australia, it was getting back into basketball and I was still passionate about it. But again, again, politics pulled through and some things shifted and teams were like, I remember playing in his team and, I got MVP, shot the most points I've ever shot. And I remember two coaches arguing about, they want me in the, in the first team. And then the other one was like, nah, I want this guy. And the other guy wasn't performing as well. And it just, again, it came down to politics. And then I was like, man, this is interesting. Right, and then, right. Then this is where it kind of pulled me where, you know, you're 17, 18. I'm like, 18, you're allowed to go out, right? In Australia. Mm, right. And then it started pulling me in different interests. And, you know, I kind of started going out more, going, looking at girls and, you know, basketball wasn't my number one passion anymore. <laughs> mm, right. So at that point then, what was it for you? What was it like, oh, I guess I'll go to university and, you know, get a degree or like, you know, what was in the stars or what were your parents pushing you to do? Like, how did you end up doing what you're doing? Well, it's interesting. I didn't even like self-development wasn't even on my radar. Like mm. my mother's a psychologist. So I had the books growing up. But for me, it was more so just like, what do I want to do? I had no idea. Mm. And I think this is some of the biggest problems these days. We, 
we put so much pressure on ourselves that we have to know exactly what you're going to do for the rest of your life. Right. This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates so you can connect with those people even faster. And it doesn't just help you hire faster. In fact, 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And look, guys, one of the things that I wish I would have used Indeed for is this matching service. You can search and search and search and search and search all day long, but to actually be presented with quality candidates, like 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 hiring a a recruiter for you that's presenting people that has actually done the work to vet them and uh, bring quality people in front of you, that work by itself is uh, the fact that it's done by a software instead of like a team of high quality recruiters is is pretty insane. So they leverage over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day, which is why Indeed's matching engine is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at indeed.com slash Travis. Just go to indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Right. And At such a young age, too. You know, it's like if you're 19 years old and you don't know what you're going to do yet, then like you better figure it out soon, you know? Exactly. Like, it's right around the corner and all this other stuff. Yeah. And the amount of pressure we put on ourselves and we don't know our values. We don't know ourselves. It's like, how do you decide? If you don't know your values, how do you decide what you want to do for the rest of your life? You know. Mm -hmm. So in my head, I'm like, well, I'll just choose this. And I actually studied public relations. Nice. And, <laughs> and, and I was like, what the hell am I doing? <laughs> I was literally three months into this course and I was like, I am not doing this. And I bounced. That's and, and then I went back in and my parents really instilled school in us, you know, and they came from South Africa and, you know, came from backgrounds, both in education. And it was instilled in us from a young age that you got to go to school and got to get a, got to get a job. And you can't be, it can't be just your regular job. You're like, you got to study and get grades so you can earn a degree. And that's because they didn't have that. Like my mom did, but my dad didn't. Mm. So I felt like I had to do that, go that way. Right. And it just didn't feel in, in alignment with me. Yeah, And when I really got that, I was just like, okay, I'm, I'm going to go to school. So I did it, didn't like it. And then I went and studied marketing and I liked marketing a lot studied more. Studied marketing like, in school? Like at college. Okay. Okay. So, so I did marketing for a bit and then I was just like, I'm so bored. I, I don't learn this way. <laughs> I, I don't connect. And I started doing promotions actually. So I started working in clubs and, and, getting out talking to people and it was interesting because I was really shy so this is my ticket to really get out of my comfort zone and and the more I did that the more I, I connected with people and 
I was naturally great with people. I just didn't know how to approach it. And when I started doing promotions, it gave me an excuse to talk to people. And I started becoming quite a big promoter in Melbourne in the club scene. And then my head was like, well, I'm going to own a club and I'm going to run events. And then I got to see that side, which is another ugly side of, um, <laughs> of life. Right. Yeah. And, um, three years I was doing that and I was literally like, I was promotions manager. I was running events around my own events at 19. Yeah. Uh, and then from there, it's interesting because people kept approaching me, asking me, you should get into modeling. And I was like, nah, <laughs> but the, the truth was I was just shit scared of rejection. Right. I didn't want people to see me or reject me. You know, I was always trying to keep it perfect, you know, and that went from that, from promotions. Cause you know, I got asked to do a show in a club and I did it. And then some people saw me and I'm like, you should get into modeling. And for three years I kept on saying no, because I was so scared of rejection. And I finally said, all right, you know what? I'm done with the clubs. I'm going to do it. It's interesting. Cause it, it kind of brought me to the, the modeling was really how I discovered myself even deeper, which is funny because people are like, how do you go from being a model to an emotional intelligence coach and transformational speaker? And it really got me to reflect and go deeper within myself. And it taught me about unattachment, unattachment to jobs, because one minute you can be promised you're doing a $15,000 job and then next minute it gets taken away. Mm. It taught me about rejection. It taught me about going into castings and not allowing someone else's opinion to make you feel certain ways. Right. 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 So coming out of all of that, like where along the way did you start thinking like, you know what, I think I want to help people actually break down inherent limiting beliefs that they have <clears throat> and help them like reach their next level. And, and like what, what caused that journey to come about? So I was, I just came back from Hong Kong. I did my first modeling trip. And my mom said, do you want to do a, a self-development course? And I was like, yeah. She was like, cool. So I did it. I learned a whole lot of stuff about myself, about my living beliefs, about how I show up in life and the stories that I've been labeling myself since I was a kid. And from there, I remember seeing this woman on stage and I was watching her and I was like, I could do that. Hmm. And it's funny, not to sound cocky. What's the timeline here? Like, how old were you? I was 23. Okay. Uh, I was 23 and I, I looked at it, I was like, I could do that. And in my head, I was like, I could do it better. <laughs> because, <laughs> and, it, and it's funny because normally I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say that in my head. Yeah. And I, I remember that thought. And in my head, I was like, well, I would do it like this and I'll do it like that. And yeah, just from there, I, I did that two courses. I did the one with my father. And then I did the second course with my mother and hmm. I broke down so many inherent beliefs that... Uh, how, was, how was that going through something like that emotionally exhausting and uh, like deep? How, how, how was that process going through with both of your parents individually? Huge. Absolutely huge. Especially because with my father, I didn't have a great relationship with him. Hmm. You know, at 16, I, I hated my father to the point where I was like, mom, if you leave, I'm, I'm going with you. Hmm. and it was this we had a real separation you know where we we just didn't connect we couldn't express and hence the, why i'm an emotional intelligence coach now is because i didn't know how to process my feelings thoughts and emotions yeah right and when i did that course with him i got to see him for who he was and i got to see how he was just trying to do his best but couldn't he didn't know how to express 
But it was yeah. in the second course that I did, the advance when I did with my mom, that I realized I had a problem with love. And I remember one of the participants asked me, you know, I said, I said, I really want my girlfriend to do this. And he was like, well, well, why do you want her to do it? I said, oh, well, I think she's got so much potential and she could go so far, but she really holds herself back. And I said, I would do anything for her. And he was like, do you love her? And I was like, I don't know. He was like, <laughs> <laughs> That's the response that she wanted to hear, I'm sure. Um, like, and he's like, do you know if you love her or not? And I was like, wow, I, I've never said it to her. Yeah. Yeah. And I had this idea that love was something that had to be expressed in a huge way and it had to look a certain way and it had to feel a certain way. And it really hit me. I had a problem with love. I had a problem with expressing it. I had a problem with receiving it. And if that was happening to me, that was going to happen to my children. Hmm. And I said to myself, I don't want this to this pattern to keep going. I, like, I want to have a relationship with my children where I can express fully. I can connect. And even with my partner, I want to do the same thing. And that was the biggest eye opener. Right. Right. Totally. So now you are an emotional intelligence coach. You put on these crazy events out like in Bali and different places like that. Uh, how, how did you get linked up? I know uh, Joel Brown is the one who made an intro for us. How did you get linked up with Joel? So I was, um, I've been a coach already five years already. And, um, been doing my own thing, never really into marketing and branding. I've really just worked on my craft. And it's funny, I was like, I'm going to come to Bali. I'm going to run my own retreats. And I came to Bali, it was about four years ago. And I met him in Ubud through another, another coach, a friend of mine. Oh, so you guys yeah. actually met in Bali? We met in Bali, yeah, four years ago. And you're both um, from Australia separately? Yeah. 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 Got it. Yeah. What's up, everyone? Just wanted to take a quick second and give a shout out to my favorite podcasting app, Himalaya. If you're not listening to podcasts on this new app, you are definitely missing out. It's like a social media app, but for podcast listeners. Follow your go-to shows, like and comment on your favorite episodes, and download professionally curated playlists made just for you. So head on over to your app store or Google Play store and download Himalaya today and thank me later. We had a mutual friend, Preston Smiles. I'm not sure if you know him. I've not met him, no. No, but Preston um, was also friends with Joel. And we just spoke in, in the cafe. And we're like, yeah, you know Preston. And Preston, we knew each other, of each other. And then um, that was it. And I was kind of deciding, am I going to live in Ubud or am I going to live like near the beach? And I chose the beach because I was like, you know what? I need, I, I need to surf. I need to go to the beach every day. And it's funny because we didn't really connect that on that deeper level. And then two years later, uh, Preston hit us both up. He's like, I need you to speak at our event or leadership event. And I was like, cool. And then we got to know each other really deep there. Cause we were there three days mm. speaking at this event and realized we have very different skills that complement each other. So we decided to, he hit me up after and was like, why don't we do a course together? Let's do it on Mastering Your Confidence. I just did a poll for my audience and I said, that's crazy. I just finished reading a, a full book on, on confidence. Mm. And um, yeah, we did the course and then it literally just went up from there. We're like, let's do a retreat. And then yeah, that's the awesome. retreat. And, and that's kind of, that's, that's how Elevate was born, right? Basically, yeah. Yeah, so talk to me about the Elevate events, like where, you know, destination and schedule and, you know, speakers and all that good stuff. 
So Elevate is a, it's a transformational event. It's, it's more so about giving people tools and putting them through really uncomfortable situations, but making it fun because we make our issues so serious mm. and we carry this stuff for like 20, 30 years. So it's like over these four days, they get to come in and actually strip back these layers and actually be fully seen. And when you're allowing someone to be fully seen, they show up differently. When you're holding space for people and you're actually creating, and I speak to every single person before they even come to the event. Mm-hmm. So we literally curate the room to be like, okay, what's the issues? What's going on? Where do you want to be in five years? And then I create the content based on the majority of people. So when people come in, they, we deal with self-discovery first because you can't heal what you don't know is in the background, right? It's your subconscious. So we go into self-discovery. We go into healing. And when I say hold the space, is it's like everybody knows that everyone that's coming is coming to let go of something. It's not about what am I going to get? It's what do I need to let go of? Because we all have it. It's just about trusting it. It's about believing in it. And it's about owning it. So when you do go out there again, it's like, who am I? And how am I going to practice this? Because ultimately, that's all it is. The only difference between Michael Jordan and myself, apart from his height and his um, genetic makeup, <laughs> is the amount of practice that he puts in day in, day out. He mastered right. his craft. And if we all get that, we will literally transform our lives. Yeah. Yeah, totally, man. I totally agree with that. So what would you say is like the number one thing that you hope people take away from the event and implement into their lives on a daily basis? Because a lot of these events are, are, you know, there's great experiences and you, you have this emotional high. And then when you leave the event, you forget everything you learned within like two weeks and you're back yeah. to just the regular milieu of living your life. So what, what, what if you could hardwire everybody at that event to leave with one thing and keep that one thing even months and years afterwards, what, what, what would that one thing be? You know, I would say their values because it, you're absolutely right. People do come, they get fully hyped and then they bounce back and then they forget everything. But we develop a framework where we give them tools to go, okay, now that you know this, how are you going to step out after? So we give them a plan before they even leave to go, okay, how are you going to implement this on a consistent basis and who's going to keep you accountable? Mm. So accountability is key because naturally we do, we go, we fall back into our old habits. What's easy is what we do. So if we can keep you accountable in a way where, and this is why we call it elevate tribe because it is about elevating the tribe. We have Facebook groups, they post their wins still, even even now, four months after the course, people are still posting about their wins and sharing and, and, and asking for support in the group. Mm. The one thing I would say is don't forget your values because you, you are what you value. And when yeah. you know that and you practice that on a consistent basis, there's no way you can't go, you won't go back to your old life. Yeah. How, how does one come up? Like, like if, you, if, if somebody's listening to this and they're like, okay, that sounds amazing, but I don't really know what my values are. Like, can you kind of expound and give us a couple examples of like what a value would be, a value that drives the way that you live your life so people can yeah. kind of start formulating their own? Yeah, absolutely. So the way I do it, like on podcasts, I explain, I get people to name five people that inspires them that they absolutely look up to and they're like, wow, this, this person's amazing. And then I ask them what their values are for each person. So for example, Will Smith, I always give an example of him. So one of him, his values was realness. He's humble, he's charismatic, he's ambitious, and he's got humor. And the next person I, I put was uh, Dave Chappelle. 
right? Mm-hmm. Dave Chappelle walked away from a $50 million deal, right? Mm-hmm. So it shows me he's got integrity. How many men would walk away from $50 million? Not, Not a lot. Yeah. No. So in the straightaway, he went up to my top five. I was like, yeah, he's got integrity. He's ambitious. He, he believes in himself. Mm. And he doesn't conform to society's beliefs. And, and that's for me, is huge, right? The third one, I was like, Michael Jordan, he's determined. He's ambitious. He's a leader. He's real. And he masters his craft. So what you do is you pick five people that inspire you. And then what you'll start to see is you'll start to see a correlation, you know, and in, my, in that correlation, I was like, there was leadership at the time. There was integrity. There was determination. And I start picking the values that I think I need in order to become the best version of myself. Hmm. Yeah, I love that, man. I've never heard it put that way, put doing an exercise to where you look at the people who you look up to the most and you look at common characteristics and values that they have and then kind of look in, at your life and get really introspective and then build up your own values list based off of that. And what, what's incredible to me is when you build up a list of values, decisions become easier. Does that make sense? So like for me, for me, when I got clear on some of my values, when opportunities would come, you know, especially as entrepreneurs, you get this shiny object syndrome all the time. And Mm -hmm. one of the things that allows me to be able to really focus on the things I need to focus on is not even deciphering between a good opportunity and a great opportunity, but simply saying no to opportunities that don't allow me to stick to my core values. Right. So like there are some things that I've turned away that are, you know, money makers that would make me a lot of money, but I know that it would take a ton of my time. And like, that's a value of mine that I'm not willing to give up. Like I like time with my family and experiencing life are big things for me. So like, if it's going to prevent me from being able to travel and being able to be with my son when he's still a baby, three months, about to turn four months, and like spend time with my wife and my family and friends and all that good stuff. If it's, I, I'm not going to sacrifice on that value system. Whereas if yeah. I didn't come up with those values before, I didn't come up with those non negotiables, then when an opportunity presents itself, you kind of get lost in the noise and just kind of pursue the things that make the most sense on paper without considering your own value system. I think that's where a lot of people get really messed up in terms of doing something that they don't want to do. They, yeah. they get so lost in like what other people think that they should do or what they think they should do based off of what culture says should be done yes. instead of looking inward at like what are my values and what, what, what are my non-negotiables and you know, making their decisions based on that and not based on what everybody else has to say about it. You're absolutely right. Your values are your compass. So it's how we make every decision. And at the end of the day, you don't know your values. You're going to get pulled into other people's ideas and you're going to wonder how you got there and this is what we do and this is what i did we conform and we sacrifice ourselves to fit in so when you know your values you're literally so solid in what you're about and how you create and it is it should be non-negotiable right yeah non-negotiable that's huge there's so many directions we could kind of take this conversation but i kind of want to get super practical here and talk about running an event because that's something that I think that's super helpful. So to kind of, I know that you, you know, talk a lot about emotional intelligence and things on a lot of other podcasts and things. So I, I want to go a little bit different of a direction and talk yeah. about just the fact that you guys are running a successful event in another country, like a destination type of an event. And I'm curious to know what kind of planning and logistics go into that and how you ensure your success with those uh, Elevate events that you're putting on. I mean, with, with these events, we're going to make sure that one, the budget 
how much do we want to spend? Yeah. And things. Bali's get, on the so sorry to interrupt. Do you, do you get a, a bulk of your attendees from Australia or from the States or a combination of both? Do you get people from that like actually live in Bali? Yeah. America, majority is America, Australia, Canada, New Zealand. So and, mostly, um, mostly people are literally traveling across the world to come to these. Yeah. Yeah, this is a, it's proper, like, people are like, I'm going to Bali to do this. Yeah, and then how many, uh, how many people were at the last one? We had 100 at the last one. That's amazing. So 100 people at a destination retreat in Bali. Yeah. And uh, I know this last time you had Gerard Adams out there. You had um, Yaya Bakar, I think, was out yeah. there. Yeah, and, and Ruby Furman. Okay, awesome. Yeah, so really great lineup of speakers and things like that. I, I'm just curious on the logistics for people getting into that place. Like, where do you even start to make sure that flights are getting in on time, that that they're adjusting for the appropriate time zone change? And- yeah, so we, we make sure, like, especially if they're coming from the States, they're going to come in, like, at least two days early because of the jet lag. So mm-hmm. we normally start our events, like, we, we have day zero. So people come in and day zero is, like, welcome drinks. So people meet before they even start the event. So awesome. we do that 5.30 to 7.30. And this is what it's about. It's about the ultimate goal for people coming. My goal is to have people connect. And when people are able to connect on a deeper level, the whole course of the event goes deeper. So yeah. this is why we plan them on day zero. They come in, they get welcome drinks, and they connect on day zero. I have entertainment. Like I had um, one of my boys, Iman, perform. Like I know, I've known him since... For 10 years, he was signed with independent records. He's done songs with Alicia Keys. And so he performs on the first day and he performs throughout the event. And then um, day zero, we start. And it's they already are acquainted with each other. And then I get real deep on connection. Hmm. So it's... You're speaking, it's, you're it's, speaking my language right now, man. <laughs> yeah. And it's about... It's really... Um, allowing people to see you for who you are and you know the first day is about self-discovery it's about healing it's about vulnerability it's about bringing up those things and because everybody's doing it and i've created a safe environment for it you should see from the start of the day to the end of the day people are like so much closer because Mm. of it right right do you have another one of these retreats coming up pretty anytime anytime soon or yeah we do we have one starting october 7 to october 10 and that's in bali again yeah do you ever see yourself holding it in a different place yeah uh, you know what Uh, with the structure of how we have bali we want to keep building it here and creating the momentum because no one's doing events like we're doing in bali like this Mm. yeah definitely not that big that's i mean 100 people to come all the way from the states or canada to all the way to bali i mean that i mean that's huge man Mm, and then only then we'll take it to different countries. And, you know, people are asking us already, like, would you come here? Would you come there? But it's like, we're going to make sure it's right. Right. Totally. Well, listen, man, I, I know that we could probably just keep talking and talking uh, about whatever for probably another few hours here, but uh, yeah. um, we are coming down close to the wire. So uh, I got to ask, I got to talk to you a little bit about networking relationships because that's what this show is all about. And we kind of touched on yeah. it about the the whole episode, but um, this is the question I always ask people to get moving in that direction. Do you believe that who you know or what you know is more important, Emil, and why? Uh, that's a 
damn good question. (laughs) (laughs) Who you know or what you know? I really do think it's a combination. I think you've got to know your craft, but you do have to know how to build relationships. And this is how I built my business. So you could have the best knowledge in the world, but if you're not able to build relationships and connect to people, then there's no way you're going to get your, your, your knowledge out there. Yeah. So I, I'm a firm believer that relationships is key and, and learning how to connect to people on a deeper level and have those conversations and, and making sure that they, you know, they're, you're being present in those relationships that they make the biggest difference because you never know who's going to pop up. And mm-hmm. Every day is an opportunity if you are open for it. Love it, man. Love it. So let's go ahead and move on here to the last segment, something I like to call the random round. Just a few quick random questions and quick random answers. You ready? Yeah. What profession other than your own would do you think that it would be fun to attempt? To attempt or be like if you're a professional? Yeah, let's, yeah. let's say that. Let's say like if you could do any profession, you could do it really well, what would it be? I would be a surfer to a professional surfer to travel around the world to ride those waves like in destinations around the world that would be my my dream if you could sit on a park bench with someone past or present and talk to them for an hour who would it be and why oh nelson mandela Hmm. how do you like to consume content books audiobooks blogs podcasts or videos i love audible audible books yeah, me too. I'm a, I'm a sucker for Audible for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Give us a glimpse of your morning routine. So morning routine is wake up around 6 to 6.30. I have a, a drink with this green powder. It's called all these different vitamins. It's alkaline powder. And then I wait about 15 minutes. And while I'm doing that, I'm listening to an Audible book. And I wait about 15 minutes. And then I take an organic chicken bone broth every morning. And then um, I literally just sit, listen to my audible book. I, I have my backyard is actually fa- facing rice fields. I just sit there listening and, and sipping on my organic bone broth. And then I head to the gym. So I head to the gym about seven-ish till about eight. And then I come back and I start working. What is your go-to pump-up song? Oh, this is a... Uh, I have to say my recent one. Uh, you know the Eminem? Is it you only got one chance, one opportunity? Yeah. Um, What's it called? Lose yourself. It is lose yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Every time I hear that on my playlist, I am like, go when solid, I'm at the gym. Solid choice. Solid choice. What is something that you are not very good at? Tech. <laughs> yeah. Computers. And Tech just I'm seems like, to keep outgrowing me. I'm <laughs> like, like, what is that? What do you mean you got to plug that into that? Like, no. And as we get everything wrapped up here, my man, what is one place online where we are going to be able to find you the most? Uh, you can check out my Instagram on Emil Steen, at Emil Steenbeld, or you can go to my website, www.emilsteenbeld.com. Sweet. So head over to Instagram. If you're listening to this right now, uh, go ahead and screenshot this episode, upload it to your Instagram story, tag me at Travis Chapel and tag Emil. And that's at Emil Steenveld. That's E-M-I-L-E. S-T-E-E-N-V-E-L-D, Steenveld. Um, So look him up over on Instagram and uh, give us a shout out for the episode. We'll be sure to go over there, say what's up and say thanks for tuning in. Emil, thanks for uh, jumping on the show today, brother. I had a fantastic time chatting. 
Thanks, brother. I appreciate it. Well, that's it for today's show. Thank you so much for tuning in. As most of you know, I talk a lot about giving value to others. This podcast is one of the ways that I do that since all the content from the show is totally 100% for free. And when people ask me how they can add value to me, one of the ways I tell them is to head over to iTunes, hit the subscribe button and leave a rating and review. This not only gives me valuable feedback on what you think about the show, but it also helps me with Apple's algorithm. So please, 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 if you have not done that yet, head over to iTunes, leave a rating and review for the show. It adds tremendous value and it only takes a minute or two of your time. Also, if you have not yet registered for my live event out here at Top Golf behind MGM in Las Vegas this coming November, then you're going to want to head to buildyournetworklive.com to do that right away. Seating is extremely limited, so you need to act fast on this. Head to buildyournetworklive.com to grab your ticket today. Trust me, you are going to want to be a part of this inaugural live event so that in 10 years from now, you can brag about being one of the founding members. Plus, you know me, I promise I will over-deliver on value and make it worth way more than you are going to invest to get here. So have a wonderful rest of your day and remember to leave every relationship better than you found it. mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.